There's a perfect shot out there trying to find each and every one of us. All we got to do is get ourselves out of its way. Let it choose us. Hello humans, welcome to the M Word, the Manx Sports Podcast, brought to you by Martin, that's me, and Matt, that's him. Welcome back Matthew, how are you today? Uh, got to say, still struggling a bit with this man flu, hasn't shifted so, uh, Seems... might be a bit nasally, I'll need a, probably a cough and sneeze button throughout. <laughs> so, th- we don't record these podcasts day after day, and I think you were Ill, Ill on the last two, so this is like three weeks of dying, yeah. man flu, Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> Uh, well, at least you haven't caught it anyway. Not yet, anyway. I'll start my wall. I wasn't going to kiss you anyway, so it's fine. So welcome back, everyone. Uh, just a quick uh, shout-out to our sponsors, billboards.im. Uh, do exactly what it says on the tin. Billboards advertising. You've heard me go on about them before, so I hope you've been in touch with them. And if you haven't, do. They do digital advertising down the sea terminal in, the, in town and you know various other places around the island. So get in touch with the guys. Get your brand out there. Uh, and get, get yourself seen as the future of advertising. So thanks again to billboards.im. So Matt, the introduction. I suspect you probably didn't not don't recognise the introduction because uh, it took me a little while to dig it out. No. It's from no, a movie. No, my uh, streak of getting them, them right is unfortunately over. I have no idea what that was. So it was from a, a movie called The Legend of Bagger Vance. No. You should have, because it's got Jazzy Jeff, Will Smith in it. So it's fairly, and Matt Damon, Matt Damon was in it as well. And it's a story about uh, golf, which obviously ties into our guest today. And the quote, uh, to actually read the quote out, it says, uh, there is a perfect shot out there for each of us. We've got to get out of the way and let the let the shot choose us. So I, I just, as an observer of golf, imagine that's very much what it's like, uh, that you can never force the game, you've got to let it come to you. And let's find out if that's the case. So I'd like to welcome Tom Gandhi. Thanks for joining us today, Tom. Oh, thanks for having us, guys. An absolute pleasure. Uh, so lots to plough through. So first question we ask all guests is, are you a uh, come over, Manx, 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 or Manx as the hills? Manx, uh, oh, well, my mum was Welsh. My mum's Welsh, so okay. as, Manx. as Manx as I can be, yeah, right, I guess. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was born here. Yeah. Right, the accent's not too Manx. Yeah. Right. And what age are you now? I'm 27 now. Right, okay. So let's go back to early days. Where were you brought up on the Isle of Man? Uh, I've been down south my whole life, Port Erin. Right, um, okay. Yeah, born and bred there, just around the corner from uh, where I took up golf, actually. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. And was that your first sport you got into, golf? Um, I don't know. I think it was. I was pretty young when we first started. And so, you know, I can't young? remember. I don't know. Yeah, I, right. I think sort of three, four, five, around there, I think. Just a little bit of chip and putt sort of stuff, but... I always played football, rugby growing up, you know, right. did, did all sorts really. And that was in school, I assume? Yeah, 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 Castle, well, Russian primary and Castle Russian, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Okay. okay. And then uh, I know, uh, I presume influences, because your dad was a golfer. Yeah, he was, yeah. So he so, was a big influence. Yeah, you know, in a way, he he would go to the golf club and have a beer and leave us outside, sort oh, right. of messing about, so, because I had me... I've got an older brother and a younger brother, all similar age, who uh, we all played. So my mum would take us up. Dad would be sat in the bar having a beer or two with the lads, and we'd be out doing that. Yeah. And was he was he good at golfer? Your dad? No, no. Right. He was all right, but as soon as you we... know, he might listen to this. Just, yeah, just no, in case. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, he wasn't any good. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. And at that young age, did you? Were you just playing for fun, or were you kind of like, this is my my favourite, and I, I um, want to keep playing? But as you're saying, with all those sports. Or yeah. At that age, because I'm that was young, young, so I, it was just a bit of fun. It yeah. was a bit of when we sort of 
I didn't had a few years there between sort of age of I, I'm guessing but six I know I took it up at 11 properly right, okay. and from 11 it got quite competitive and sort of you know enjoyed it that way when you say I mean what would you define as properly just to give people a concept um, of what that is is that well dad I want to go and play golf today yeah it Conscious was choice school holidays me and my brothers and a host of other guys you know golf club and don't leave till it's dark sort of thing oh, right. pretty much every day um so that that was when this was sort of more serious i guess and i've always wondered then when you when do you transition from uh i suppose pitch and put to playing you know what yeah. age to what age are people kids allowed on full golf courses is, is there age limits yeah just... yeah i mean it's getting it seems to be getting younger and younger i guess it was kind of for us it was when you're big enough to be able to hit it far enough to to bother to get around um I remember when I was, so when I say we took it up, I was about 11. My younger brother, Patrick, would have been nine and he would only play six holes because he, you know, he was not very good at that age. But yeah, you see kids online and stuff at age four or five going around a golf course sort of thing, I think. So yeah, it's, um, but there is no exact age limit. It's just when you can get around really. So did you become a member of a club at that stage or did you kind of sneak on? No, no, member member Uh, around a golf club at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they just do kids membership, I assume. and then Yeah, they, yeah, they have, or they they did then and they do now. They do like junior coaching where they try and encourage the local kids, the families, whatever, come up. Um, and then they join and move on to the next phase of getting out and playing rather than just practising and was it uh, it was Rowney that was was it in trouble well not in trouble yeah. but short cash like, yeah that, financially yeah yeah yeah, yeah. They, a couple of years back but um, they managed to turn it around thankfully and I think they're in a really strong position now which is which is good yeah and the uh, so we talk about the age of 11 and and, and was taking it up a more seriously do the other sports that you're doing fall away then the rugby etc um not really i still through school i still you know carried on playing footy rugby um i played footy up until i can't i must have been about 17 and i just remember playing for castown combi and then i i just saw a guy we had playing for us get his leg broken and i thought ooh, yeah, yeah if i want to play any golf i can't do that so that knocked out on the head, and then same with rugby. Once I got to men's level, I was a bit scared of the big boys. Really, oh, so right. yeah, yeah, knocked yeah. out on the head. Yeah. <laughs> so then, uh, in the teens, you're playing. You're playing 18 holes, I assume. Yeah. Is at that stage you can start looking at getting a handicap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, once you can get around the golf course, you can get a handicap. Right. So I don't know at what age my first handicap was, but I know it was 48, which is very high. But it didn't take long to sort of, as I say, we were playing every day at that point. So you get better and better and better, and yeah come down quickly so for those non-golfers and obviously you can correct me when I get this completely wrong but you go each hole has each hole has a certain number of shots you in, in yeah. theory you should get down in yeah if you go one shot over that's obviously one uh, yeah. and you just add that up so in the, in theory yeah. you went 48 shots over on that first time around. yeah exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. and that, then the idea is to or that's that your down. average that that's what you would do yeah yeah and is it done over a couple of rounds it's it, to get your first handicap you you would do three rounds and they would they used to take the average. I think now they do it slightly different, but mm. um, yeah, and, and that's just how that worked out for it, me. Yeah, the first. My, I mean, I had some. I'm definitely no golfer. I had a couple of like my mum used to play, and I had a couple of lessons when I was young. And I always remember her. She, I think she had a, a 38 handicap again. She right. was no golfer. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't mind me saying. And I think 
you get your card approved by the people you play with, don't you? Yeah. And it always exactly. amazed me as a youngster, maybe because I was, I don't know, no, I never was off the rails, but I always thought, <laughs> well, you just get your mates to tell you you went around in 20. Yeah, uh, exactly, yeah. So it's, it's a very trusting yeah, process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot, like, the onus is on you as the individual, the same with when it comes to cheating and, yeah. and stuff like that. You get all sorts of, people might get accused of stuff, but it's about integrity, really, and honesty, yeah. so. It does yeah. seem very core to the game. You watch, again, the professionals yeah. when they're dropping the ball. There was some controversy in the last week or two about yeah. a ball drop wasn't there yeah the yeah ball. yeah there's always you know stuff and it, that's why rules officials are there at that level <clears throat> and the level I now play at but when you're just playing on a Saturday it's not always as easy to do so mm. I don't know uh, but as long as everybody has the right intention then you can't go too far wrong can you no 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 uh, so through those teens into six into suppose getting into 16 17 mm-hmm. was the belief then that uh, you could you know was the hope to make a career potentially of it Um not necessarily at that point, no, that come a little bit later. Um, I guess at sort of 16, I think I got my first invitation to come play with the men's Ireland team. Um, I had a good run at the Ireland Championships age 16, which actually happened to be at Rowney. Um, and I, in my second round, I shot the junior course record and qualified well. And then I beat Julian Sutton, who was, I think he won it 16 times, the Ireland Championship, something like that. So. I managed to, to beat him and it was like, you know, really good. And then I got invited to play with the men's squad, which didn't go too well at first. But yeah, the sort of idea of a career come a little bit later on. Right. But yeah, we'll that was probably. more, again, not quite a hobby. But yeah. Were you, you, through the school years, were you academic particularly? Was Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. I, I really enjoyed school. Um, I studied, you know, I did my A-levels and then I did a degree at the... Isle of Man Business School as oh, well. I've got a SWAT in the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, no, not quite, but I tried. <laughs> so, uh, as you then, uh, well, what happens at, at that phase? You, you're getting better at Ireland level. What, yeah. what, what was going on? You mentioned about the Ireland Games. Was that? Yeah. You know, was that the next stage of that? Um, it, the Island. So the men's team playing like um, only once a year. They go to this Northern Counties qualifying stroke play. Where you play Yorkshire, Lancashire, you know, much pool, bigger pools of players over there. But um, so first goal was getting that. I played that. They have a junior version of that. Uh, I played that from about fourteen or fifteen right up to eighteen when then become an adult. So um, yeah, it was kind of try play that first, and then Ireland Games is every two years. And as we just mentioned off off you know off air before, you kind of golf isn't in every single one of them. So. Um, it was try get the Northern Counties team first right. and, and go from there which and how yeah. did you find that I wouldn't say a step up of level but you're obviously playing Ireland mm. based and then you go UK do you yeah. then look around and go wow there's a lot of good people around or how, yeah. how was your mentality around that yeah at first massively like you get a bit intimidated by it you're a bit in awe of oh my god you see him at that you know like but that, as I guess anybody will say the more you do it the more like you know in my more recent experiences I've sort of seeing guys who I grew up watching on TV and I've been stood next to them on the driving range yeah, and yeah. thought, well, he's got two arms and two legs. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Whereas in that first slightly younger, maybe a bit more immature sort of view, it was, oh my God. Yeah, like, of course, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's maybe something, the, Kevin Moore's the Isle of Man men's team captain now and something we've spoke about that sometimes there's just not enough guys don't get off island enough to compete enough to kind of get comfortable at that yeah, sort yeah. of seeing those guys really yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. what's that down to like um, yeah a bit of fun yeah 
it, like Kev's been great for trying to push the guys to, to play more and Jeff Skillicorn before him who was captain did exactly the same really tried to encourage to get over there but um, it's just a case of most of our guys are have a family they work for a living you know it's not like it's not their intention to have it as a career whereas yeah, yeah. the guy a lot of the guys who play that sort of Northern Counties event might be full time golfers age 19, 20, 20 whatever you know and they're really trying to push on whereas our guys are sort of just happy to represent the Isle of Man and is, is there much development in that sort of range then for your you know up and coming should we say your younger yeah. guys is there much kind of like a a team or an up like a how would you say a development squad or something like yeah, that, that for, yeah. for those up and coming guys to get that experience to do that yeah. is that what you kind of see that, that northern yeah maybe, now, maybe? Yeah. Or, is, or is there not so much that sort of there's not I mean there's a there's an island junior team um, and within that they do a lot of the stuff that the men's team do or whatever but again they probably don't get over there enough in terms of like a, I guess for the guys who are based in England they week in week out play against each other just brings your level up doesn't it yeah exactly yeah yeah whereas we're playing against each other over here and then once a year you go over there or you know maybe a couple they do do a few more than that now but it's certainly nothing on week in, week out competing against, which will only help your development, won't it, really? So, so in 17, Jay <coughs> Marling, champ? In 2017, right? 2017, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not age, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So between uh, sort of 18 and getting into two years back, so you're just kind of mid-20s then, mm. was you just playing golf as a hobby? Um, yeah, well, working? going back to that, uh, I, so what happened was I was studying for my degree in business management at the International Business yeah. School, which is now the College of Matt. And um, yeah, I got to the, got to my third year and the hours in, t- in class, I was like 10 hours a week. So I was like, well, I'm going golf. Do you know what I mean? I'd study at night. I'd, you know, I had a few late nights where I'm up catching up on my work, but I would use the, the daylight to play golf. So mm-hmm. um, even years one and two there were like 20 hours or whatever. So yeah. to me, I time. was like, I want to go golf. So... In those years, I had a good Daryl Callis. I don't know, you might know Daryl. Yeah, he was going away at that time. He was his his employers would fortunately let him have the summer off, so he was going away quite regularly to compete. Um, and he was like, "Come, come with me, come with me." So went a few times, and I was like, "Oh, this is all right. I'm doing all right." And then, um, so where about that was competing in the UK? Yeah, yeah, nationally, really, yeah, okay. up and down, yeah. So that's a regional level, is it within? It can be, but we were sort of above the region level okay. and sort of like you play your English national amateur and, your, you know, stuff right. like that. So How do you get invites to that or how does that it's work? It's sort of done on your handicap almost. Okay. <laughs> handicap or they have a, like a world ranking system. Right. Um, so some of them go to world ranking and, and some of them are just done on your handicap. But um, yeah, so we were getting in them and, and, you know, I was like, oh, I'm doing all right here. And then I graduated at age 21 Um and I was like, Mum, I've been doing all right. Any chance you can sort of... Because I'd studied on Ireland, she'd sort of not funded me to live in a, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. student you accommodation over there. You yeah, yeah. for four years. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was like, yeah, yeah. So that summer, 2013, I played uh, with Daryl full-time. Right. Like, and did did pretty well, did all right. And from there, I decided to give it a bit of a go as a career. So I started working over winter and saving up and right. playing yeah. over summer. When you say give it a bit of a go, what's the difference between your... 2013 is that aiming for more yeah uh, respectable have you on a couple more prestigious events yeah with the sights on those I guess it was kind of like at that 
the sight at that point as an amateur was to try and get into the England national sort of squads um, and then with the you know hope of a career after after that really so it was at that point doing all right at that age and with that opportunity I thought well give it a try try and make a career of it and see where we can get to really and can you expand then the English squad because how does that work because obviously I think England squad you think at national level what's mm-hmm. an England squad and every time yeah. you kind of see people together is in the in the Ryder Cup yeah. so what, what's the what is the English squad how does that yeah. work what is that okay that yeah well they've got so England golf is every county in England and we are technically classed as a county in England in golf in terms so and do we get dragged into the northwest or we stand alone we stand alone no we uh, sorry we we're dragged into northern counties yeah, okay. which is like all across northwest and east um but we yeah so England have they pick their best I think it's usually about 12 players for their elite squad they call it and then they have their development squad their a squad and that's where I went in at the a squad level so it's kind of your best you're probably top 20 in the country at that point right. sort of thing or they okay. rate you as that you might not necessarily be but they see you as potential or whatever you know and is that picked just purely handicap or is it <coughs> in like it almost interview as well to see how your mind works and how, yeah. you know if you've got the you know. yeah there's a bit it, it's sort of handicap and then results based on mm. your performances in the tournaments and then there was like a the first sort of couple of camps were almost like trial camps and they would see what your attitude's like what you, yeah, you know yeah, how yeah. you work and, yeah. and go yeah. from there and uh, those camps, UK camps, are they? They were all pretty much all down in Lincoln, and okay. then once you made the squad proper, they would send you out to Portugal for you know a week at a time, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So when I look at I'm saying my reference point cycling, when you look at the cycling development at 16, 17, 18, those ages, they're picking people up and putting them through that, you know, that elite program. That's in essence the yeah. same for the golf. Yeah. Yeah, so, basically, yeah. So, are you then? Do you then represent England anywhere, or is that yeah. more just a structure for you then to go out and play tournaments, quote on your own under your own hat? Uh, well, every tournament you then have to wear England kit, oh, and right, okay. then there are team events where they would pick three guys, six guys, eight guys, whatever, to go represent them at this. And right. like I played one a few years ago, and it was also be Spain, Italy, Germany, I think it was, right, which okay. was pretty cool. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, went to Biarritz and had a, you know, it was quite, yeah. there was a few sort of good times there yeah and is there age limit in that do they look at that England setup as a as a stepping stone and therefore yeah. naturally an age thing so if you're kind of 35 and getting really good at the sport yeah and you could pretend yeah, I don't know whether people make it at that age but do the, is it more for the younger focus it's, as a stepping stone it tends to be but they're not exclusively to that so like I went into it older than a lot of guys because I had an education behind me whereas a lot of the guys leave school at 16 play golf full-time from 14 and then yeah, 19 yeah. and sort of trying to break through and I was 21. Daddy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so it's kind of, but then I've, there's older guys than me that have been in it as well. So it was sort of, you could tell sometimes, you know, like myself, I was, I could tell I was older than them boys by my maturity, you know what they, yeah, yeah. but it was, which made things tough at times, but generally great group of lads all, all working towards the same goal. So it's quite good, isn't it? And all the time still based on the Isle of Man, tripping out. Doing, doing, yeah. doing the camps, doing the yeah, a lot of lot of ferry journeys, and um, most of their stuff was training camps over winter. So I would get the ferry and then come back, you know, whatever on a Monday, well Sunday night, two a.m. and go into work Monday morning, sort of thing. So it was a bit tough going. A lot of those guys, as I say, were younger. They didn't work. They didn't. So it was a little bit harder on on me maybe than them. Yeah. But 
still no excuse. I enjoyed it. I had a great time. Learned a lot, and it helped me development. Yeah. And you obviously you mentioned working over the winter. You're fun, pretty much funding this yourself. At that point, yeah, and still going more oh, many chances. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wash your car. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember cleaning the windows for a hundred quid. No, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that that's of thing. Yeah, and did uh, did Ironman? Were you involved in Ironman sport? I don't even know who you yeah. are now. But were at that stage were you involved in Ironman sport? Were they involved with you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, at that stage, I was. I can't, to be honest, it, I can't remember exactly what year I went yeah. on to the sport Ironman sport program, but. I have been a member of Ironman Sport for a long time, yeah, in the the um, institute. So, I I was really helped helped with like a lot of the stuff I learned at the England side of things. They had the psychology, the S and C, all that. Yeah, I already had a, a good solid background in that right. through, you know, Chris and the guys at Ironman Sport. So I felt I had a bit of a leg up already, really. Right. Yeah, so that's again at England level. They're, they're providing you. I always look at all the things around you. Yeah, you can swing a club, but there's many things around that as well. Yeah. The, yeah, the psychology, the strength and conditioning, I yeah. assume. Yeah, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So 2017 then, sort of reel back to, yeah. to Ireland champ. Yeah. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about that tournament. How yeah. was it? Obviously, it went well. Well, yeah, it went really well. Like, I, it didn't go well. in as one of the favourites. Well, weirdly, I was sort of bang out of form. Um, though that England, I was with England A squad there for the, the development squad for three years. And, um, my actual golf at the time didn't necessarily improve. I was so intent on developing that I almost forgot about performing sort right. of thing. Do you know what I mean? So going into Ireland Champs, I wasn't necessarily favourite. I didn't do too well in the uh, qualifying in the stroke play, but I got through. <clears throat> and Alex McCauley had just, I think he might have won something. And then he won the qualifying. And I remember, yeah, being told people were saying, I can't beat him. And I was right. like, come on. Like he, that's how I felt. Yeah. Obviously, he would have felt the same. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's a good golfer, Alex. But I was just like, of course, I, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I went on. I I beat him, and then I I just my game. I got better and better as the week went on. Really, right. it was really good. Really good fun week. I had my family up there, and you know, it was in Ramsey. I love Ramsey. Great, great fun. Yeah, yeah right, right. And how much? And well, actually, one question at that stage: What was your handicap at that that age? Um, well, that stage, sorry, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was plus three then. Yeah. So that's, you know, what we were saying before, you, if you bogeyed every hole, if you meant yeah. to take four, you got five. Well, I would have to par every hole and birdie three of them, sort yeah. of thing. So you meant to shoot three under each time you play, that sort of thing. So a slight jump jump around, yeah. The, uh, to go, uh, there's a question I was chatting to someone yesterday about, to go, uh, most pros then, like on the mm-hmm. European tour, yeah. they'll have a plus handicap. Yeah. That would be the... What's the? He was telling me a story. I think it was about uh, Ian Poulter that when mm. he went pro, he was he was the other way. Yeah, yeah. He, was like, yeah. yeah he saw well. As far as I know of Ian Poulter's story, he was there's a different two different types of pro. There's what I'm trying to do, which is like your touring pro, and Ian Poulter initially went down the PGA pro route, which is like your your guy who coaches and you know gives lessons and stuff like yeah. that. And to turn that to to be pro in that world, you you handicap. I think it's four. It's right. so uh, you know, and I think he turned pro off something around that I don't know right. the exact, and then just got better and better. Found his, and then all of a sudden, now you know, his Ryder Cup hero, yeah, his, yeah, you know, yeah. his bank balance will be ridiculous, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, so yeah. he's done well. So, t- typically, and this jumping again or, or out of yeah, out of where, where I'm in my flow, but generally in the, in the European and pro pro level, 
what is that? What is an average handicap? I mean, I presume you yeah. don't. Do you keep a track of it? At that you such no, an elite yeah. level, I assume it's not really a relevant. Exactly. Point. Yeah. Once you turn pro, you actually lose your handicap. You lose. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, you lose your record. Sort of other handicap. You have to forfeit it. Right. To be a pro. What's um, the definition of a pro then? What's the? You can't. Well, you kind of. You can earn prize money as an okay. amateur. You can't. You can win vouchers for the club shop or whatever in your right. local, but you can't win actual cash. Whereas oh, okay. you turn pro to try and. So in the open then, when the amateurs play in that, mm. if they like, I, I remember years ago when I think Rose that was where he got his break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would he be allowed to win prize money as that as an amateur? No, no, he had to. So he, I think okay. he finished top ten. So in today's terms, that would be hundreds of thousands, and he had to sort of pass it off. Gift shop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gift shop out of the water. Yeah, <laughs> but then it kind of didn't do him any no, any no, harm no. either. So yeah, right exactly. Now, yeah, yeah. yeah, interesting. Uh, so then, after the Ireland Champs, was that that your your I I want to want to focus on this as a career? Yeah, what, um, really instilled in the mind. It was yeah, it was anyway. And then that was like I need to win the Ireland Champs before I turn. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I, I was, but I was gonna. I felt like I was my time with England was coming to an end, and I thought I'm not really. Getting Why was it anywhere. coming to an end? I'd had three years, and generally people only get two. Um, and I was sort of, as we sort of said, the age profile is generally a little younger, and I was sort of twenty five, I think. And I was like, I can't keep not earning any money forever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it sort of um, whilst they they would help you out with expenses and stuff, it was all claimed back, and you know, blah blah. So yeah, I was like, I'm going to turn pro, but I'd love to win the Ireland Champs. So I was really motivated that week that I had to win it because otherwise I wasn't going to get another opportunity. In, um, a bit sad I couldn't defend it I stood up in the speech and sort of said I'm turning pro at the end of the year and I did and you obviously can't compete locally once you go exactly yeah yeah. yeah. once you're professional as a, you sort of give up your handicap rights you yeah. can't play any amateur comps yeah and when you say that you said you were going to turn pro mm -hmm. did you have to meet a certain qualifications or you know rather yeah. say by the way I'm, I'm now yeah. pro yeah because yeah. I'd be you pro could, tomorrow if that's yeah, the case. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sort of you have to get to a standard to be able to enter a, a professional tournament and then once you're at that professional tournament if you want to remain amateur you have to sign a form to waive your right to any prize funds and basically you turn pro by not signing that form and right. teeing it up the next day and you, you don't have an amateur next year and you have pro so. and, and then ultimately it's then about working through the various ranks exactly yeah yeah so can we walk through them just want to explain yeah. ourselves and our listeners so you start do you well walk us through what yeah, that, those tournament levels are, and obviously ultimately up to well, more, more people will know the European tournament. Yeah, and obviously you're trying to make yeah on that last step at the moment. Exactly, yeah. So, um, in in the way it worked for me, I was that was September 2017. I was at European Tour qualifying, and I did, I'm turning pro regardless. So I turned pro, didn't do very well. So that was stage one. That has that's like a three stage tournament, but we'll come back to that, I guess. <laughs> so I was at stage one, didn't do very well, but I've turned pro. So then I'm stood there with no status anywhere or anything. What am I going to play next year? Well, we'll have to. I'm no handicap now. Either. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so um, it was a bit tricky, but there's, there's so in the UK there's a tour called the Euro Pro Tour, which is what I've actually played on the last two years, um, and that has qualifying in March. So I set my sights on qualifying there for that. Uh, there's guys who. A professional who haven't qualified for Euro Pro, which is so. If you think of it in football terms, you got Premiership as European Tour, Challenge Tour as the Championship, and then you've got Euro Pros like League One, um, and there's a few other around Europe that match Euro Pro. So there's guys who aren't even in that, but they're pro and they're sort of uh, there's a few 
tours where you don't necessarily you can just enter and play. Um, so I, I did a bit of that, but Euro Pro, I qualified in March. There was a first stage, I come third there, which was really good, and then final stage, I cruised through as well. So that teed me up nicely for 2018 to have full status. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I, <clears throat> I could play every event if I wanted on on that tour then, um, which I pretty much did to be fair. And yeah, yeah. And again, self-funding, yeah, prize money coming in a part yeah, of that. A I bit, assume? yeah, yeah, but coming Not from good. a great small community and there's so many people want to help so right. I, I did once you're once you're a pro you can offer something back a bit you can carry a logo on your shirt the strict rules against amateurs having logos on shirts oh, and stuff right. like that so um yeah started to sort of have a bit of a business i guess yep. where you sort of yeah, yeah, yeah start yeah. to go into deals with companies or whatever and so i was very fortunate some people helped me out there like got you. me going um well, Steam Packet let me started to let me use the boat, yeah. and there, um, you know, Ironman Sport yeah, were funding yeah, at that yeah, point as well. You know, have been funding me as well. <coughs> we're going back a year now. So <laughs> I, don't really I can't remember what it was yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, that so you're on that state that that level for two years. Did you say? Yeah. You so level? yeah, there, there's an order of merit runs through the year. Um, and the top five in that order of merit move up to the champ, uh, challenge store, which is like the like I say, like the championship, the next stage up. And again, that's on based on results. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the order of merit's all just prize money, and really. So, oh, right. um, but the top sixty, if you get in the top sixty, um, you keep your status for next year, and you play in the tour championship at the end of the year, where the prize money is like two and a half times the normal amount. So, if you can win at the end of year. You automatically get promoted, basically. So I was, you felt I was, comfortable playing at this level, yeah, so yeah, based on the yeah. results. And- a lot of the guys at that level, I'd just spent time with England with them, or you know, whatever. It was kind of the the next step for for most folks. So I turned pro at the same time as a load of peers, and we we all, you know, I had mates I still went round, and we'd share a hotel or whatever, you know, help cut your costs for the week. So yeah, um, yeah. So I didn't quite make it up that time, but then. So I was back for Europro again in 2019. Uh, yeah. So and then because so how does that that's 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 a step before the challenge tour yeah. step. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's like the third rung on the ladder, really. Right. Yeah, okay. Europro. Mm. So that was the end of where are we now? 19 might be 20 if you listen to this. This was yeah. the end of this year or the year before. Sorry. End of 2018. 2018. Coming into 2019. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I just carried on as not. I've worked over winter because Europro runs like may to september october so it's because it's all britain it's obviously I was gonna say it's all uk yeah there's no point going sort of uh in march or uh, sorry february to try playing the uk it's just get wet and yeah. be horrible you so yeah exactly yeah 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 so um yeah worked again last winter at friends provident down the road actually and uh started up again in sort of march time yeah so how many events are there in a season there was fifth 15, 15 this year yeah 15 I think it was similar last year yeah it's all, uh, on Europe Pro it's always around that Where and then like Challenge Tour goes Europe and slightly further afield so it's you get about 25 events and European Tour are 40 I'd think so, yeah. right and can you do all of them if you want or is it particular you could uh, subject yeah. having big pockets as well I assume with yeah. the travel well exactly yeah yeah and not much of a family at home or anything yeah, yeah. but um yeah, I think you could like challenge tour. You're probably gonna. I'm probably gonna play the majority of um, European tour. It depends what your status is and 
so therefore like I have status on the European tour but it doesn't get me in every event it will only get me in certain ones if you right, know what I mean okay, okay. but if you had the best status then you probably earn the most money so you don't have to play 40 odd times oh, you know what right, I mean yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's kind of it gives everybody an option though right okay so that's the, what's the plan then over 20 that's the plan 2020 2020 so I've just got through the European tour qualifying process um, so how does that work that's a bit of a marathon like yeah so you have uh stage one stage two stage three uh stage one there's say 12 different stage ones you pick one you want to go to you go to that it's a four-round tournament and the top 20 go through to stage two and then stage two there's four of them it's a bit like x factor basically yeah pretty much yeah (laughs) yeah exactly right uh but yeah it's a a bit of a marathon um it's a long old long old run right okay uh and when does that kick off for you in the new year um, well, I've just had confirmation I'm playing, I've got in, so as I said, I've got like a category on the European tour that doesn't necessarily get me in every event. So, uh, the, they start up again the 9th of Jan in South Africa, the South African Open, and I've just had the confirmation I'm in that. So we're going oh. for that. That's yeah. So it looks like I could be busy January to mid Feb and then it just drops off till May pretty much, right. which. But that's fine, yeah. Where about in SA? Uh, that's Joburg, that one. Yeah, okay. um, but then back out there in Feb to Cape Town and George, I think. Right, yeah, okay. yeah. So there's a few bits out there, which is quite. It, that's certainly what'll be new to me, anyway. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. One. Of, thank you. One of the things uh, I really want to talk about was, uh, and obviously it's the theme of the pod in general is motivation, yeah. uh, mindset, and as an observer of golf, mm-hmm. uh, it can look. Uh, fairly I think it generally if you're not into golf I think you just look at it and it's about getting a ball in a hole but there's yeah. so much more yeah, around yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable yeah. and I could probably spend hours talking about that but some of the some of the bits I'd, I'd like to particularly pick up on is uh, I was watching uh, or listening to a podcast a few days ago about guys in the army and they were talking this, this guy an old war vet who's talking about the stress effect mm. and how just it affects so when you apply stress to people how it affects decision making so when you look at, uh, and obviously there's many different kinds of stress, but ultimately you're playing golf, you're trying to make a shot, uh, this, and how stress affects that. So is that one, I suppose, mentality-wise, that's something you work on, you talked earlier about being in the England setup. Yeah. Is that something that obviously you're very aware of and is a very yeah. important part of the game? Yeah, um, I mean, golf, first and foremost, is massively play between the ears. Like, right. it's huge. You spend six hours out of five and a half hours out of there, you've got so much time to think. And as you said, especially now, I'm trying to make a living from it. The stress of every shot actually adds up to make what paycheck you make at the end of the week or you don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there is, uh, yeah, every shot carries its own stresses. So for me, it's a huge part of it and a part I really like to work hard at because I know a lot of guys neglect it um, and ultimately that might catch up to them, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas I I work hard, I work with... Um, Sean Griffith, she's like through Ironman Sport. Um, she's a psychologist I speak to there, but I've had experience with other psychs through like England and, and stuff like that. Do they teach you techniques? What do they talk to you about? Yeah, different, like, I mean, a lot of it always stems to bring yourself back, bring yourself to the present, you know, and mm-hmm. techniques in and around that. So you're breathing, you, like mindfulness is great for it, you know, that sort of, that sort of thing. But even just techniques to switch off between shots because like you get a good drive you're walking 300 yards you're waiting for somebody else to play and you know there's 10 well say five minutes odd and you you could be stood there thinking like you know 
yeah, yeah, there, you yeah, know, yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, sorry. Yeah, Messing but, with your head. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it is, it, there's a lot that can go through your head, so it's trying to dilute that and get what you want in your head rather than what you don't. And, and do all those, at, at, obviously you don't know, but at, at pro level, those, I suppose those, those names they see on the TV every week, would they be working on, all of them working on that or the majority of them? You think, yeah, you I mean, think so. yeah, a lot, yeah. You don't necessarily that, that get that great an insight, to be honest. Um but you do, here, we would. yeah, yeah, you would, yeah, I'm sure you would, yeah, you get it out of them. Um, but you do like you see some players' blogs and stuff, and they talk about work from a psychologist. I know it's a topic that 20 years ago, 10 years ago, probably wouldn't have been as discussed so easily. But um, now it's it is a hot topic, and I'm sure everybody does seem to be. There's always a success story of so and so started working with this psych, and then they won this. You know, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Like yeah, so, yeah. and. Uh, one of the things and sort of tying in when we were chatting to Rich Seal, who does a bit, I don't know whether you know, yeah, yeah. does a bit of sports stuff. And he was talking about his first inkling of seeing sports psychology was he was playing golf uh, with a mate. A mate was in the rough and he, he was looking at it. I think he was only young and he, his mate was trying to play for the green. It was just an impossible shot. Yeah. Uh, and he was under pressure and making a bad decision, basically. And instead of just playing out into the fairway and playing it up and yeah. playing the safer option. So it's that, it's that kind of yeah process yeah so, then applying that to i guess a caddy situation because i assume generally up to this stage you probably haven't got a fault just yeah, funding yeah. more than anything yeah else. exactly caddy. yeah so do you get caddies assigned to you at these events or do you try and get friends and family well, to come along yeah i so this last year i did as you've said you don't have full-time caddy at that level at the level i've been at you kind of just go on your own it's all but then sometimes i'd have a mate want to take a week off work and come mm-hmm. and so but I always found I did better. Those weeks where I had somebody with me, I did better. Right. Um, just less you to think everything out of the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just simply fatigue from carrying a bag, as, 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 yeah. as, as odd that might sound to yeah. certain people. So, yeah. The rally is, yeah, if, the less you can do the, for, for yeah, exactly. just concentrate on what you need to do. Which, which is, is play, not. Yeah, 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 yeah. So even to like, my brother come with me for the final stage of, uh, and the second stage of the European Tour qualifying and stuff. And like, every bit of that was a new experience to me and it was handy to be able to sort of share that with somebody and kind of, you, you know, sort of be able to laugh it off, really. Mm-hmm. Like, we, we found, we had a couple of people come watch and then afterwards they come up to us and sort of say, oh, we were looking for a group to watch, but you boys just seen me having a laugh, so right. we thought we'd walk along with you, you know what I mean? Because to me, if I can be chilled in my head, yeah. it's so much easier than if you're rushing around or pent up so, so going back to you you mentioned about playing poorly up to the before the Ireland champ yeah. before you won the Ireland champs again that might you know do you think that's a, a position where you're playing poorly and you've got so so far, playing so well not so poorly but poorly that you just become right you just you know you kind of generally relax and yeah that's often the way I, I see yeah. sports people perform better when they've when they're relaxed yeah, they? yeah, 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 yeah 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 well so yeah like that run poor run Sometimes you dig yourself such a big hole, but there's a point where you just got oh, screw it. You just yeah, yeah. Just go and swing it. And just suddenly everything it just relaxes. The shoulders relax. The swing exactly. becomes a bit better. Yeah, and it's all just timing. I mean, golf it's all timing, and if you're stressed and you're tight and you, you can't, there's no flow. It's it's hard. So yeah, but that that week, Island Champs week, I had my best mate Jake caddying for me, and he, you know, wouldn't even go in the bunker and make the bunker. I had to do all that, but it didn't matter. We just <laughs> had a laugh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He was like, "Well, don't hit it in the bunker if you don't want to rake." That's a fair comment. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we just strolled along and had a laugh and that's, your yeah, 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 that seems to be the theme for me, to mm-hmm. be honest. And on that point of trying to be relaxed, do you ever see any kind of mind games in that sense played between opposing people? Yeah. Um, 
directly between, or is it more that you have like camps that try to do it? Because I just yeah, yeah, bring yeah. it back to your games where you're saying, oh, yeah. well, you should be beating him, he should be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Should be beating him. And yeah, yeah, sort of, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, interestingly, actually, in that week, Alex, when I played Alex, we stood in the first tee, and the first at Ramsey is they have a ditch at 200 yards, and most people just hit it up short of the ditch, whereas I'm like, I'm 200 yards driver, and I, you know, we're miles over the ditch, and then you go for the green from there because it's par five. <laughs> and I was stood there with my driver out, and he had this five iron or something, and I was like, well, you know, I'm, and he said to me, oh, you know, I won the, the stroke play, and lucky me, I get drawn against you. Like sarcastically, and yeah. I was like, "Well, that that beat your ear." I haven't, but do you know what I mean. It yeah, was a sign yeah. of weakness on yeah, his behalf. Yeah, right. And but you do it at pro level. Like I've played with with guys who intentionally try to play really quick to, yeah. you know, maybe disrupt the rhythm or what you know. Um, and it it can be off putting in in that sense. So you've got to also be careful of that, but manage that. You know, at the same time as well, you can't then get annoyed at him and try to get. Uh, you know, get frustrated back. with him, yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. well, how's that going to help you? Do you know what I mean? So. As an observer of golf, you don't you don't see yeah. that on top. Like you watch <laughs> no. football, and like you might be aggressive with referees, yeah. etc. But it's I suppose because it is such a gentleman's game as is no one yeah, else. It's yeah. probably more more subtle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of the guys, like every m- most of the time, you're having a laugh with your playing partners, you haven't yeah, fun, yeah. and you're kind of all helping each other a bit, but come a Sunday and it's, you know, late on and everybody wants to win and it, if you win, it might mean this to you. If you don't, you know, it, yeah, yeah. There, there can be a lot of pressure and that can come out in how people react, I guess. So pressure. So the question I got from, and often we ask for questions beforehand, before we chat chat to guests, one of the questions he asked was particularly about pressure yeah. and he said he wa- he'll he watch uh, the, the commentary and the commentator will talk about Tiger Woods has got a six-foot putt to win the, win the Masters or the Open what you know imagine the pressure he's dealing with and his response to that is no imagine the pressure of dealing with i've got a got a paycheck to pay for yeah uh, i've got a family to feed or i've got to get my tour card yeah exactly uh, and he just was really asking what your view you know i'm sure yeah. you're not you know yeah i'm sure your view is of that that's well, pressure yeah it is i mean what i think is is hard like if tiger woods has got a six foot put to win the open he's played well to get to that point when you're playing well confidence is flowing you know you can trust yourself a bit more where but when you're like, I I started this year. I missed the first five cuts on Europro, and it was like, well, I've not made any money in those five weeks. I'm nowhere on the order of merit. I want to get up to the challenge tour. Well, I need to try and keep me states on Europro at this point. So you know, all of a sudden, it's like, what well, what do I do? But when you're not playing well, that's when I think the pressure comes more than it does. So like the guys on the European tour who aren't quite keeping their card, well, that's when it's harder because they're not quite playing well. You know what I mean? And yeah. the, the pressure would come in that way. Yeah. Whereas I think if it's like, like you say with Tiger or like I found going into this European tour qualifying, like it should be a high pressure environment. There were guys who've come back off the European tour and are having to try to regain their status and they might have played on it for 10 years and used to the money, the lifestyle and it all of a sudden looks extremely different to them. So some guys have seemed a bit aggressive, a bit didn't want to talk. The atmosphere was quite... so. Whereas to me, it was like, well, I'm playing well. It's an opportunity. And if it doesn't quite go well, I'm back to Europe. Well, it's not the end of the world. I'm used to that. So, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I'll probably find out a bit more about myself under pressure next year when, mm. you know, when opportunities. Do you enjoy are. those challenges in the mind? Yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's great because every day is a different challenge. So, mm. even when you're not playing well, it's you need to find your way around the golf course 
to still come in with a competitive score. Do you know what I mean? There's always. I'd imagine way. you could overanalyze. You talked about having a bad start with five, yeah. five, missing five cuts. Yeah. I'd imagine that's such a, a mind. I can't use the yeah use yeah. the uh, use, the, yeah. use the, the word I need to use, but yeah. such a mind thing where you. Because then I'm sure you're analysing every single thing. What am I doing different here? Exactly. Well, like two weeks before that started, I had my first win as a professional on like a slightly smaller tour, Jamaica tour, it's called. And so I'd won. My confidence is up. And then I turned up to Europro and I just didn't play great. And then I didn't play great again. And then it was like, hang on, I missed two cuts. I don't want to miss three. Well, I didn't play great again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and the pressure builds. Yeah, and it was like, well, where's this come from when I had that not so long ago? Do you know what I mean? And you kind of... it. And do you seek counsel then? Do you will you speak to yeah to, yeah perhaps my, middle of watcher yeah 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 sports psychologist yeah I was you know onto Sean all the time or Charlie my coach at Castletown I was sort of sending in more videos than I normally would like what mm. do I need to do what we're working on here but that's where again probably going back to my England days where you get so focused on the development that even in if you're not quite swinging it great you still well I should be I, I can get it round the golf course to make a score to be slightly competitive if you know what I mean um, when you're saying <coughs> things like you're not playing great how much do you attribute that down to mentality yeah because a lot, a, a lot from what I seem to mm. pick up on again I'm no golfer at all yeah. it seems so much down to when people say oh, I've had a bad game bad round it's, it seems to be more in the mind because again yeah. You're all pretty it's very good. simplistic in the sense yeah. that your range of movement is yeah. like, okay. I know there's probably some a lot of technical shots, yeah. but you, your actions very similar. You've yeah. done it millions of times. Yeah, exactly. So you know exactly what you you need to be just, doing. So when you say you have a bad round, it just shows kind of how much of well, actually, my mindset wasn't right or I wasn't yeah. thinking. Yeah. It quite often like, is like your reaction to the shot is almost what makes it a bad round. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'll go now this afternoon. I'll practice and I'll hit several bad shots well it's okay I'm only in practice and I'll hit another one but under the gun in the tournament if you start to go oh, I've hit a bad shot why was I doing that I haven't done that you know and, and that's like switching off between shots exactly well. yeah yeah you can freak out and it can cause you all sorts of unnecessary trouble really so yeah you've just got to react well I think so interesting to follow on from Matt's question and uh, not to get super technical but when you're looking at a swing in general I was chatting to someone yesterday and they were talking about there's the set, I'm obviously using hand signals here, but there's a there's a there's a point that where the swing has to be good, which is the impact, which yeah. I guess is let's say two foot before the ball yeah. and two foot after uh, yeah, 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 yeah. part, you yeah, know, guess. Yeah. Uh, the stuff that happens before that, the backswing and the, the th- yeah. is that how important is that in that process? Yeah, I mean the, or less important than yeah, the impact area. As long as your impact values are good, so if your club face is square, you know, to the target and it isn't going too far, but you know, your your path of the club isn't going too far left or right it's going to result in a fairly straight shot. But everything you do in your backswing through to your follow-through can influence that. So you almost can help yourself with better technique on the way back or whatever to help deliver that face better. So, mm-hmm. But as you said, every day, there's not a whole lot different. It's just, it can be the way you react to it or it could be your attitude. It can be, you know, even sometimes I've found you don't play great because you woke up in a bad mood. So right. the slightest bit goes wrong. You're not quite in the yeah, right frame of yeah, mind yeah. to deal with it. And it, so yeah. it's ways of beating that, really. Yeah, yeah, being relaxed, isn't it? Again, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I guess also, not necessarily even injuries, but again, if you travel a lot, I don't know here, but mm. you travel a lot, so you travel to an event, spend a lot of time in a seat, mm-hmm. uncomfortable, yeah. you're tight, you're stiff. I yeah. imagine all those things must play a factor. Yeah, well, like, I, you're a pro, so I can only speak from, 
I haven't done much of the sort of long flights and stuff yet. I, this year I will do a, a bit more of that. But so my week used to look like I jump on the boat Monday morning, get to Liverpool for ten, and then drive usually because a lot of it was down south four hours, and then I would go out and play a practice round straight out of my car. And then you couldn't get on the golf course on the Tuesday, and you tee it up on the Wednesday in the comp. So it was like I'd be stiff, I'd be feeling pretty poor. You stand there on the first tee and you get a bad shot, and it's like, well, you know, it should be expected. But then you get there on a Wednesday, and all you've seen is a bad shot off that. Tee. You haven't yeah, seen yeah, yourself yeah. hit a good one, so yeah, yeah. you got to be able to wipe that as well. So it, you know, the travelling stuff can be, if you let it affect, it'd be massive. Is visualization an important part of golf? Yeah, well, that, exactly that. Yeah, yeah, you've got to picture the good shot you it's you can't let yourself picture the bad shot or they always say don't say don't or whatever you know don't hit it in the water well guess what it's going <laughs> you know what i mean yeah well, that must have been my problem all those years <laughs> so so uh fitness wise uh i mean again you watch golf 20 years ago I don't, I don't think it was a massive part of mm. part of golf now i think maybe i guess tiger changed that to a yeah. point uh is that that's something You've obviously part of your regime now. Yeah, keeping fit, fit. Yeah, uh, well, try it. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you couldn't say that looking at me like, but I do try. Yeah, it. I, again, I I really struggle with how many weeks um away from home at your pro level. There isn't a gym there. There isn't catering there. So your fast food, yeah. or you're not fast food, not necessarily fast food, but you know what I mean. It's, yeah. And over yeah, travel weeks, for business, it's not easy. To, yeah, exactly. You're in a hotel, so you can't cook anything. You know, yeah, it's. Yeah. Um, and then gym wise, this year I really made a conscious effort to keep it up. So I joined, yeah, like Pure Gym is like up and down the UK. So I joined that. So I was going three times a week, but my golf was suffering. I come mm-hmm. to August and I was like, my golf isn't as good as it needs to be. So I actually knocked the gym on the head to put more hours into the practice. And then whether it was because I knocked the gym on the head, I started working with a new putting coach, or whether, I, you know, things started to click with my long game. Yeah, right. So which part of that made me yeah, play better yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, but yeah. I did knock the gym on the head which is so right now no I'm not in as much as I need to be but yeah. you look at the guys at the top you, Brooks Koepka Rory McIlroy you know they're athletes now it's, yeah, yeah. it's massive I can't, I can't remember he was telling me it was one pro golfer who, who'd basically bolt up because mm. uh, he didn't didn't hit it that far, but yeah. it didn't change his, his hitting distance. Well, that's it. Again, I, I te- that I guess part of that's te- a lot of that's technique. Well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it. I mean, I have been told that studies say that mass helps you to hit it further because, but that shouldn't doesn't necessarily affect you. It's like swing speed plus the strike equals ball speed, which equals distance basically. So mm. it's you need to be able to swing it faster, which is what a lot of the guys go to the gym for. But it's also massive for injury prevention, really. You know, if mm. you're back is strong all the hours sitting down stuff like that if you're flexible mobile you're better off than when you jump out of a car and just yeah, go yeah. straight to the tee you know what i mean do you do yoga or anything like that is that something i that... did yeah last uh, last winter i did winters before as well but again it's one of those things that seems to fall by the wayside when season comes yeah, around yeah. and the, i haven't got the facility well i should be able to do it but i spend seven hours at the golf course i then eat and then i'm tight yeah, you know, yeah, yeah and you gotta recover so yeah I've got time, lots of excuses. Time. Yeah. Well, no, it's time, isn't it? It's just finding what works best. Exactly, yeah. For yourself. And as I said, like ultimately, it's on, I only do those things to, well, help my golf. I, mm-hmm. My golf is actually the main thing. So if they're not quite helping it, you know, I need to look at it really. A few more quick questions. Uh, and it's a question asked by uh, a listener is, what would you say the difference between a top amateur and a pro is? 
Um, Outside of the money. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> just their golf. Their yeah. Golf. It's I, a consistency I, thing. It kind of is, but I, I personally found that as a top amateur, par's never a bad score. So, like, you could, if you par every hole, you'd do all right. You'd plod along. You'd probably finish top 20 in a lot of tournaments. But as a pro, you gotta you got to make birdies. you got to shoot low scores. you got to be able to build a score. It's sort of... I don't know. I, I think as an amateur, you play a lot of really hard golf courses, so that's part of it as well. But the stuff I've seen as a pro, you kind of need to just go out and shoot a low score and, right. and keep building it, really. And that, that again, that's a mind thing, isn't it? Because again, you, if you if you're not doing par, then to me, if you're going below, you're kind of starting to force because you have to force things. Yeah, yeah. Because the par the pars are set to this is kind of what you should be doing. So exactly. to go under it, and that's again where you it's about risk. It's about what. Exactly. Where do you take that risk? But that that also, interestingly, is where you see a lot of guys um, fold. I guess I don't know, or, or you know, they might be four or five under, and they're trying to push to seven, eight, but they don't. It's a mindset thing to, to keep going. You kind of, I've been really guilty of it at times, where you get to three or four under, and you go, "Oh, this is a good score. That'll do. We'll coast it in." Whereas you've got to just keep going. You got to keep trying to make birdie every hole. So, so I've, I mean, I've, that's again. Not golfer, but that's what they said. Tiger would always, I think yeah. he called it stamp on the throat. So when yeah, he was five ahead, he'd, he'd be able to stamp on the throat and make it seven ahead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You've not, just got it. Many can do that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like I've had a few times this year, I've shot five under in the first round, which is a really good score, but you get in and you're four shots behind because I'm just nine under. So you know what I mean? And I'll think of times where I'm like, well, I played it a bit safe there. Maybe I should have, you know, yeah, but. Yeah. And then you maybe overanalyze it. Exactly, yeah. Because it, it, ultimately it's only the score after three rounds. But every, you know, it does all, all add up. Add so. up. Yeah, yeah. so one of the other questions then was around, uh, obviously every golf course is different, obviously. When you're looking at even, again, this was a golfer telling me about the, about the grass, the, the grass direction. Mm. They're all things that I'd imagine yeah. impact and you need to learn and yeah. understand. Yeah, it's like... When you go to South Africa, I assume grass is probably different down Completely there. different, and yeah. speed, exactly. the ball moves, things like that. Exactly. So, like, it's also altitude, so the ball's going to fly further. Right. It's warm, so the ball's going to fly further. And then the grass is completely different. So, like, I need to learn the technique of pitching off that grass, whereas, you know, British grass it tends to all be the same. It's all small things that other people wouldn't necessarily know about. And, and that's one of the motives of me going to South Africa in early January is to kind of try to get used to that a little bit because there's three tournaments in February on the Challenge Tour, which has to be my priority this year because that's where I've got my full status. So I want to be better prepared for them. So this, yeah, yeah. There's, there's plenty of reasons to go to South Africa early jam, but it's one of them is to learn things like that because I've never experienced it, so it's all going to be new. Um, but again, you get there early enough, you put your prep in, you should hopefully you know, get an idea. And I assume Lynx courses, which are... Again, for non-golfers, there by the sea. Yeah, I'm right. Correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, they play differently. Even yeah. I assume locally, then, if you went and played links, say down at Castletown yeah. to Mount Murray, yeah, different. It would be different. Completely different. Yeah. So, like Mount Murray is very muddy and sort of it's built on clay. I think I could be wrong there, but Castletown is very sand-based. So it drains quickly. The grass is tighter. It's so, and then you've got the wind off the sea and but then you can't say Mount Murray isn't windy because yeah, yeah, we live yeah. on the Isle of Man but <laughs> yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. you kind of you have to learn different shots yeah so right. it's, it's different and so how much I'm not, there must be obviously so much of that just ingrained so you pick up a 5 iron you know you can hit 180 yards with it yeah. if it was perfectly still and then you have to calculate wind direction what soil or grass yeah. you're on what's around the 
let's yeah. say you're going into a green, what around the green, where yeah. you want it to land. And exactly. So many factors in there. Yeah, yeah. Just messing it's, with the head. Exactly, messing yeah, messing with, with it even more, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it is. And, and then you've also got to throw in the temperature. Like this time of year, the ball goes nowhere because it's so cold, oh, right. the ground's so soft. So you kind of, like, my Charlie always laughs at me because I quite quickly go up to a, a longer club and chip it and, you know, try and manipulate the flight to work rather than my 7 iron goes 170 yards, I'll hit it 170. Right. I'm always sort of, I don't know whether whether it's right or, rightly or wrongly, but I, I find it works for me. So that's that's kind of how I play it. But th- there's always, that that's the trouble now with a lot of sort of younger guys and a lot of, you kind of get brought up on, they have like distance measuring devices and they tell you how far you've hit it. You stand indoors and, are you allowed then, to use them in a tournament? I assume not. Yeah, no, this is like for when yeah, you're practicing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, they'll tell you you hit it X distance with whatever club. And then this the kid will go on the golf course and go, well, I hit it this far, so I'm hitting this. And I'm like, no, well, right. I'm hitting more than that because there's wind in our face. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's just so, many other factors. Yeah, you got to, like, it's different. you got to play the game as well. Yeah. I'd imagine growing up here and playing golf here does help in that regard because because there are I mean there's obviously wind everywhere in the world but certainly in our man there's, yeah. there's probably no worse place no, exactly. and it's always coming from other uh, different directions yeah. uh, and we've got a lot of different courses here as well yeah. uh, that that's somewhat of a benefit you know just Massively. playing on, on the same yeah 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 I mean I still find now that the weeks where the weather maybe isn't quite as good I'm probably a bit more competitive really um, because maybe because of that maybe because I just dig in longer yeah, yeah. than others I don't you know what I mean yeah, 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 but yeah. yeah it's definitely part of it advantage to be in Manx yeah. so someone told me a story as well about uh, Lee Westwood and when he was young I think he was like 14 some lad said to him uh, was talking to him and, and Lee or he was he was on the practice range and Lee said to him this was before obviously he was no one at all mm. and Lee asked this fella what his safe shot was and the guy was like what are you talking about he said what's your safe shot and this fella who's a good golfer had no clue what he was talking about so he said to Lee what, what's your safe shot and Lee was like it's the one shot I know I can play, yeah. I can put it on a on a dime yeah, every yeah. single time with the same club. Yeah. Have you got one? Have you come across yeah. that term? Have you got uh, one of yeah, 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 yeah. You've got like, especially off the tee, you've got to have a shot that you can rely on. You know, under intense pressure, under whatever circumstance. Um, yeah, I, I just I feel I've got like a just a little fade, a little left to right with drivers. Right. Yeah, I feel really safe. Shot. Yeah, yeah. Right, interesting. Uh, and then, uh, what do we want to cover? Uh, I think that might be about it. To be oh no, and we Phil Mickelson story. Yeah, I oh, one, Phil yeah. story. So I, I, I heard a story. He learned to play because he's a left-hander. Yeah. He learned to play by standing opposite his dad. Is that true? I have not heard that story. Yeah, it so could his be dad, though. Yeah, could his be. dad was a right, right-handed swinger, and he just sort of stood literally opposite yeah. and swung the other way. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because naturally a right-hander, but yeah, learned left-hand from his old man. Well, I took I took part in a study. Actually, it's quite interesting. There's a lot of like elite cricket batsmen, and there's a lot of golfers who swing the club right-handed, but they're left-handed, and right. they and it's the same with cricket. That like I think um, Sachin Tendulkar maybe was right. left-handed but batted right-handed, and it's sort of that lead arm being the strongest. I I don't oh, know. Right. So maybe I learned. We got told basically we're doing it the wrong way around. So oh, I'm right-handed right. playing uh, right-handed, right, okay. I should play left-handed. Well, maybe it's time to switch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought what a time to find that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, cool. And have you got anything more, mate? No. Well, thanks for your time. Yeah, yeah no, very no much appreciated. Uh, good luck with the year ahead. Thank you. And uh, yeah. Yeah, all luck. the best, boys. Thanks. No thanks for having me. Cheers. So thank you to everyone for listening to today's podcast, whether that's on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud. Wherever you are, please like, subscribe, uh, share it. And if you would be so kind, a five-star review would be great. Elsewhere on social media, 
We are the M Word Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, our handle is Manx Sports Pod, and on Instagram, we are the M Word IOM. Had quite a few people coming in with suggestions and recommendations who we should sit down with next, so please keep them coming. Thanks again for letting us get into your earlobes. That's all from us. It's Word Out from Martin. And Word Out from Matt.